0: welcome to this latest edition of the real deal podcast i'm your host real joe quinn on this wednesday just 11 days before christmas and i know everybody out there is still running and ripping uh, as far as uh christmas shopping i'll be right there, out there you know be safe um this is a season where of course you know a lot of people don't have and they want what you got even if they do have um if you know what i mean so be safe out there um, I am going solo tonight. Um, on this, on this, 860, 60th episode of the Real Deal podcast, uh, we we about got about three podcasts left this year. I was thinking about that. I mean, podcasts we have left for the year twenty twenty three, about three. I do have a special one coming up. Uh, that's that was unexpected. That will be not Well, I shouldn't say non sports related. It won't be non sports related. I will keep you posted on that. It could be dropping this weekend, possibly. We'll keep you posted on that. As always, we're going to begin with our themes. Uh, my theme for the week, just had, had to change this one up, but my theme, the theme for the week is I'm too old for this shit. Uh, we will flush this out. As you see one time, Thomas Patrick Brady uh, just taking a beating as Tampa Bay got, got destroyed by San Francisco. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, kind of deep dive that uh that ass whooping that they took at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers. Um all the thoughts, of course Rob Sapp is not in tonight, but I still have all the thoughts for his uh Buffalo Bills. And I wanna say I think and I haven't I have not spoken to uh Mr. Sapp about this game. Um in detail, but I, I feel like this was the type of performance that he would be happy with, despite the fact that the Bills only had two hundred and thirty-two yards of total offense. The bottom line is they put a beating on Mike White. Uh he was sacked four times, took eight quarterback hits. When your quarterback gets hit eight times, that's a lot. Eight quarterback hits, you don't want your quarterback hurried eight times. Eight hurries is a lot. Eight hits is a that's you're asking your quarterback to get that. That's the type of shit that will get knock your quarterback out of the game. So they took a I mean, he got knocked out once, once when I thought he was done, got knocked out again, did where he didn't have to leave the game, but it seemed like he was headed to hit he was headed in that direction. So you can say what you want about Mike White. Um, don't ever question his toughness. He took a beating in this game. Um, Two turnovers cost the Jets dearly in this game that we knew was going to be a defensive game. Again, you hold somebody to 232 yards, you probably should win the game. That was not the case. Um, Buffalo, again, I I think this is the type of win that Buffalo can get to the Super Bowl with this type of style. I think stylistically, the physical, knocking it, you know, winning it with their defense, uh, ran the ball enough not a lot of – you know not with pretty much pretty balanced with the run pass ratio i think it was like 27 to 20 27 25 um, not big numbers for josh, for josh allen so you know to rob Sapp's point last week they're not going to win with this he doesn't care about the 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 sexy fantasy stat numbers that doesn't that like that doesn't matter like that that's not that's not what is going to go win uh, go deep. In, they're not going to go deep in the postseason um, playing like that. They're going to have to play a physical brand of football. This was a very physical game on both sides. Give the Jets defense a lot of credit for holding them in, for keeping them in the game. Um, offensively, they just, you know, could not. Uh, again, offensively, again, they, they moved the ball, but they those two turnovers were killers. Um Man, the Jets—they—they have they haven't got their hands on the quarterback. Their roster, listen, their roster is set. They have some young weapons. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, is going to be a beast. Uh, at the receiver position, they have young weapons on the on the receiving core in general. They have, you know, a, a pretty good running game, a great defense. It's just, you know, again, Mike White. Who knows? I don't know what we. I, listen, Mike White is. is I, I wouldn't. I don't think Mike White is a franchise quarterback. I think Mike White will be a guy to get you to your next guy. I think he's that he, he like when we mentioned this last week. The, the Taylor Heineges, Mike White's, he's probably got more talent than Taylor Heineggy, more throwing uh, throwing talent. But that, that type of quarterback, that's the type of quarterback he is. He's not going he's not a guy that is going to take you to that next level or a guy that you're gonna win a Super Bowl with, period. Not in today's NFL. We the quarterback position is too deep. As far as at the star position, it's too top heavy. Like you're talking with Mahomes and Burrow and Justin Herbert and and what have you, you're not you're not winning a Super Bowl with Mike White, Josh Allen, just to name a few. Uh, to a lesser extent, even somebody like a tour, uh you're not winning a Super Bowl with uh, Mike White. But uh, I think I still think the Jets are still in position to make the playoffs. Still have. Things in front of them, in front of them, uh, right in front of them. I didn't expect they, I did not expect them to win this game. As uh, Buffalo gets their revenge for an earlier defeat at the hands of the Jets, uh, twenty to twelve. Uh, game of the week had to be uh, the clip. The I'm about to see the Clippers, <laughs> the Chargers versus the Dolphins, twenty three seventeen. Um, this was a physical game. This was a game that was dominated by the defenses from, uh, uh, in terms of, like, just the physicality of it, but this game was really about one player and one player only, and that was Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's performance was one of the best quarterback performances of the year, to be honest with you. Uh, 39-51, three hundred and sixty seven yards. He was just flat out – I mean, he was phenomenal. Like, he, 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 he was dominant in this game, um, just – the pocket presence, uh, the ball placement, the leadership, the you know making when his team need the, the big pass, the big plays be made. He made every every big throw known to man. Contrary to what was happening with Tua, um, I don't know what's wrong with Tua right now. Um, last week, I will chalk it up to San Francisco being a top defense. Okay, and him getting not, and even with that. You know, I, his his accuracy for whatever reason has gone to shit. La- over oh, the last two games. This game, he's ten for twenty eight for hundred forty five yards. Like that, that's like uh, Mark Brunel circa two thousand six Washington Football Commanders numbers. When <laughs> Mark Brunel was uh, was a, was played for the then Redskins. Like those are the type of numbers he was putting up that that, uh, that particular year. Those those years when he was you know clearly past his prime as the quarterback. Uh, struggling to crack hundred yards. I mean, you know, I outside the big pad outside the big touchdown uh, to Hill, I mean, that was he he would if it wasn't for that that touchdown he would have been under hundred yards, under hundred yards passing. So I don't I, I don't know what is wrong with Tua right now. Um the common denominator is the last two games have been big time pressurized games, right? So San Francisco, Miami, four twenty five game, big you know the not you know basically a national game from a standpoint of a game of the week national game, and this game you had uh, obviously Sunday night football everybody watching national televised game. So I, I don't know if, if the lights have gone have gotten too big for two of the last two weeks, um, which I find I, I would kind of find hard to believe considering. Like he lived in big games in Alabama. It's not like his guy played in a couple of national championships, played, you know, in LSU, played in a big LSU game. Like you know, it's Alabama. You're playing big games every week. You are know, on national television just about every single week. So I don't know what his deal is um, watching that game or re watching the game, especially in the all twenty two format on the NFL app. Uh just was missing pa- I mean, just again, inexplicably missing passes. It's not like the Chargers pass rush was all was all over them. They weren't. They were not. Uh I would say Her, Herbert might have took more hits than Tua, to be honest with you, which made Herbert which makes Herbert's performance that much more spectacular. Um But I, I don't I mean I don't think the Chargers again, they you know, they were Joey Bosa. Uh I again I, I don't think the Chargers did anything from a strategic standpoint that you know bother to i, I don't think that you could bother a quarterback's accuracy other than knocking him on his ass you know what i'm saying like he like he made mistakes he missed passes just he just missed them like i i, I didn't see again, I, again I, I know they have some coverage you know probably mixed you probably mixed up there, some of their coverages, things of that nature, things that that, that NFL defenses do with adjustments and, and what have you. But the bottom line is, with those core receivers, uh, Miami can move the ball seemingly on anybody. Like, I don't know if there's a strategy that, that's that been designed that can stop that uh, that offense from a, from a tactical standpoint. Um, What I will say is, and I'll continue to say this, is is they are missing a diversification of their offense. So, if they're not, if Tua is off, right, they don't have the physicality to where they can run the ball and can kind of compensate for Tua having an off game. Like the Bills, Josh Allen didn't play great in, the, in, in 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 the game against um in the game against the Jets. He was okay. He was okay. He didn't play great, but they the Bills that you know have a running game when they choose to you when they choose to utilize it to, that can be effective and that can uh, knock another team on his ass. They have other ways that they can win. Uh, so, for example, uh, the last two games, so. Miami against San Francisco had 33 yards rushing. Okay, 33, right. And that game was relatively close up until the the fourth quarter. I mean, San Francisco pulled away late in the fourth. They had 33 yards rushing in that game. Against the Chargers, Miami had, looking this up now, uh, 92 yards rushing. Takeaway two is 28. Take away 20 to those that 28. So that's really what 60 uh, 56 or 56 more than that. It's not a lot. 19 carries. I mean, if you take away two is 28. Really, nobody, two are, two are really made uh, like most are 11. Look, let's just look at their running backs. Most are 11 carries, 37 yards. Jeff Wilson Jr., four carries, 26 yards. That's not like so, you know. Uh, not really effective. Miami's two as running yards. So, again, they cannot – they cannot uh, – their offense is one-dimensional. Uh, and Herbert did take more hits. I mean, Herbert got knocked around, sacked four times in that game. He was knocked around. But uh, getting back to Miami offense, the Miami offense just cannot function if they are not, like, clicking out with the passing game. Like, everything is predicated on the passing game. But the thing is, they don't have to be clicking on all cylinders at the passing game because they are so quick hitting that you know before you like they don't they don't need a lot of plays they only need a lot of time to score. But these last two weeks, you know, they scored seventeen last week, they scored seventeen this week. So this is an offense that was one of the higher score one one of the highest scored offenses in the league come before San Francisco game. Now all of a sudden, you know, struggling to put points on the board again. I will give you. San Francisco, because San Francisco has a great defense. Legitimately, San Francisco's number one defense in the league right now. And a dominant defense at that. Chargers, not so much. Like, Chargers are not known for defense. They have some some glitzy players, some uh, some players that can make plays. But remember, they, and the, and the thing about the Chargers, they were missing two, probably their two best defensive players. Like, Joey Bosa and and James Jr., those are two all-pro caliber players that were not even playing in that game and Miami can only score 17 points. So again, every team goes through this over the course of the season where the offense sputters for a game or two or maybe three. But for Miami, it's, it's absolutely happening at the wrong time. Uh Chargers, look, when you have that level of quarterback, Justin Herbert, you you always you're always gonna have a chance. Like he's got he looks completely well, he he looks completely healthy now for the first time all season. And he put on a clinic in this game, an absolute clinic in terms of just like just leading his team to a game that they had to have. Chargers had to have that game. They had to have that game in the worst way. So that guy is a problem. Um when healthy and when he has his weapons, they're a problem. He's a problem. And they had finally had Williams and Keenan Allen, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams they're eventually gonna get back their tackle. Uh listen, Chargers I, I never completely trust the Chargers because they find a way to do Chargers shit and just fuck it up. <laughs> but that team gets in the playoffs, man. Like that they, they can they they have the type of talent that you just they, they're scary. They have scary talent. They have scary talent. And you have a guy in Herbert. That does not have to take a back seat to really, from a talent standpoint, he doesn't have to take a back seat to any quarterback out there. I'm not saying he's not the best quarterback, but on a given, on a given Sunday in a playoff game, he could be the best player on the field. Like he's that good, he could be the best player on the field at any time on any Sunday in any game. Period. Games of note: uh, Minnesota, Detroit. I have to. Finally, I have to start taking, um, paying Detroit attention. They have won five out of the last six games. They uh, they take out Minnesota thirty four twenty three, avenging an earlier defeat at the hands of the, uh, the Vikings early in the season. I think it was like week three or so, something, something someone, sometime during September, uh, early in the season. Um, so they split that series. Minnesota again is going to run away, has run away with that division, but that's not the point. Uh, this is despite the fact that Kirk Cousins had four hundred twenty five yards passing. Um, Detroit, listen, Detroit's playing well right now. You know, we, uh, you know, we know we are not a fan of, on the podcast of Dan Campbell uh, or Jared Goff, period. But the bottom line is they have a legit top, they have a top five offense in both yards and scoring. They had a great, had an excellent win at the Giants. Now they have, this is an excellent, this is a great win versus Minnesota. Even some of their losses have been close losses, close losses on Thanksgiving to Buffalo. Um, the Philly game really wasn't as close as the score indicated, even though they only lost by three points. They haven't, they've been competitive in most of their games. They only did, they, they played like one bad game, two bad games. They got smacked. Um, even the Minnesota, the Minnesota game wasn't a blowout. Uh New England game, they got embarrassed. That was, that was the one, that was the one, the 29 nothing at, um, Twenty nine, nothing at um uh, at the That that was the the stinker. That was the stinker. So it's like you gotta give them credit. You got your credit. What credit is due, Even though I don't think they're, I don't think I think I don't I don't have faith going into next year about Detroit. And we've said this, and I'll continue to say it. Like I don't, I don't, just don't. Have, I think. We see teams get hot over the course of the season. When, you know, when you're playing, when you're one in six, right? And your season's in a tank. It is not hard to play games. You can kind of play a little carefree, and you can kind of. It's like the pressure's somewhat off. Other of players, from a standpoint, our coaches is one thing because coaches probably he's probably going to be on his way out. Especially Dan Campbell, I don't think Dan Campbell survives another year of two, uh, two and fifteen, three and fourteen type of year. I don't. But as a player, you know you can go. Like I said, you can kind of play carefree. You can have you can have teams overlook you because your record's so bad. Uh, so, but give them credit. Listen, they've won some games. They've played well. Uh, they're in the thick of the playoff race. We'll discuss the playoff race uh, later on in the program and they are playing their best football at the right time. So you got to give them credit. Minnesota is who, we, who I know they are. I wish, I wish Rob was on this podcast right now because I buried Minnesota last week, and I just – oh, my goodness. I, it, I never trusted Minnesota. I never will trust Minnesota. This team uh, – you can't lose the Detroit Lions and think that – and expect me to take you serious as a Super Bowl contender. You can't. I'm sorry. You can't do it. You can't lose to the Lions. I'm sorry. Anywhere. I have no faith in Minnesota whatsoever. Like I said, I would love. Right now, Washington is in the sixth spot, and they would draw Minnesota. That would be the two-six uh, matchup. I would love to play. I, I please. I don't care where to get the game. Would of course be at Minnesota, but I please. If there's any team, I would lo- I would love to draw. Right now, at, at the top, it will be the Minnesota Vikings. Someone's going to upset them because they're going to be—they're going to be at worst a three seed. They're going to be at worst a three seed, maybe even a two seed. They're not going—I don't think they're going to get the one. I think Philly's are probably going to end up getting the one, but at worst, they're going to be a three seed. So, you know, if you're in that five or six range, like yo, Minnesota doesn't scare me one. I owe them. not one. Matter of fact, I want to play them. I want to play the Vikings, please. As a fan of the Commanders, I want to play the Vikings. Uh, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. Uh, I have a lot on this game. Um, it was a very telling game. San Francisco destroys Tampa Bay, thirty-five to seven. And they. This is a game where if I'm Tom Brady, he took a beating. Uh, you're watching Brock Purdy throw the ball all over the place. You are watching your team just disintegrate uh, in front of you. 35 again, 35-7. This game was 28. Nothing. It was over at halftime. In essence, this game was over at halftime. Despite the fact that uh, San Francisco lost another star player, uh, lost another one of the top players uh, to an injury. Now, this is not bad as Garofalo, Debo, Sam, Debo Samuel to the, the high ankle sprain. It looked when it happened and when it first happened and when he has his head down on the on the cart? You're thinking like, yo, this his season's over. Like players know when they're seriously injured. But it turns out, uh, high ankle sprain. Uh, I, I'm guessing he's going to be back for the playoffs. But I'm guessing that they will probably they will hold him they will hold him out uh, until unless they have to win their last game. If they have to win their last game. He, he probably he could probably be he could probably return before the season's over over with. But bottom line, you will see Debo Samuel again. Uh, thankfully for if if you're a 49er fan, but the bigger thing is Tom Brady, and this is the first time where I think that if retirement wasn't not going on in Tom Brady's head, then it had to re-enter his head uh, during the course of this game because it's like I got listen I got a however much money he has in the bank hundreds of million dollars two or three hundred million whatever seven Super Bowl seven, seven Super Bowl rings. Like why, why, why am I for this? Like if we can't compete for Super Bowls, and this is this team, I mean, even if they do make the playoffs and win a division, which they probably will, this team is not a this team is not a contender. And no, and no one knows that more better than Tom Brady. No one, like this team is just not. They're not going anywhere. Um, and to me, if I'm Tom Brady. And I've heard some stuff like, could Tom Brady return to New England." Hell no, Tom. This would be a lot of Tom Brady's last team. I like. I, I I can't see Tom Brady being being a mercenary now, just to like. I I, I don't. I I don't think Tom Brady going to play on another team. Now I know that sounds crazy to say, considering that we would have thought that he would have played for Tampa Bay. Like we wouldn't have thought that, like that, like there were there were, there was a time, where we wouldn't have thought that that was a possibility. Okay, but I like at this point, at this stage of his career, at this stage of his uh, of his life, um, you gotta ask yourself, man. You, you're 45 years old. You still got kids. You got kids. Yeah, like it's. I just wonder if he his if worth it to him. I mean, he's got his parents are getting older. Like, all these things start to enter the equation of like, yo, what? I'm doing all this work. I have no offseason, sacrificing eating habits and food and all this stuff that I'm doing for this. To get my ass kicked the week in and week out, to take, to, for you know, to score 10 to 12, 14, 15 points, 17 points. Seven points, three points. Like part of you know, part of the mindset Tom Brady is, he could justify doing this because he always was going to be on a team that had a chance. And what I mean by having a chance, I'm not saying the chance to make the playoffs. I'm talking about a chance to win the Super Bowl, right? Chance to win a to, chance to win it all. So, and you have to be a little deranged. I mean, a lot of these guys, like Jordan, the Brady's, you know. God rest the day, Kobe Bryant. These guys were something were, were a little a little loose in the head here. They, they like they like they had this psycho mindset, right? Psycho time of 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 trying to justify them pushing themselves to the limits that they do physically and mentally. Okay. So when you're doing that, and again, you see the results, I'm able to play. I'm able to be relatively healthy. I'm able to play longevity. You know, Kobe Bryant played 20 years. Tom Brady, this is what year 22. You, know, you can you can say to yourself, yeah, it, this is paying off. But now, at this moment, this is what this is. You know, December 14th at this very moment, I don't think Tom Brady can justify coming back for 2023. Right now, Now, again, he will not. Make, he's not making a decision right now. The season still. You still have. The rest of the regular season may have the playoffs for them, uh, for Tampa Bay. But I, I, I really think about my. Mind, I, if you go in my head right now, I think Tom Brady will be. I, I, I think this will be Tom Brady's last season. I do. I really do. Um. Now, some of you may you can push back. You say, "Hey, he's in the middle of, midst of a divorce. Maybe that you know." You know, what else, if he's not committed to a marriage anymore, still has his kids, what else is he, you know, maybe he, he needs something to fill that void, per se, if he's not going to do that, okay? Or this guy can't retire unless he falls off a, a cliff. I See, that's the thing about it, though. That, that's the thing that makes this tricky, right? Is Tom Brady the type, that you're gonna to have to drag him off the field or is he the type that's gonna go out like you never see him just horrible. Right? You never see him just play like just play putrid. time can Tom like will Tom Brady go out like somewhat like what Kobe went out like you know basically with the injuries dragging himself to play these games or Tim Duncan who just said you know what I'm good it's been real Got the five chips, plenty of money. I'm cool. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think more than likely you're going to have to drag Tom Brady off the field. Like he's going to have to really suck to uh, be- to be convinced that he should retire. And, again, look at his numbers. Now I look up his numbers. and The numbers don't tell the story. I mean, he hasn't played well this year. He hasn't played that well, uh, you know. From a performance standpoint, should he retire? I mean, if I'm being fair, just on just on performance alone, eh? I could make a case for him coming back. Just on per- if I was just if I was just uh, talking about his performance, I could make a case for him. Like, yeah, he's not the worst quarterback, or he's not going completely off the cliff. I'll look up his numbers right now. Uh, Brady this year, I mean, look, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. I mean, that, that's not, that's not, ter- like that. It, you know, like that's not terrible. That's not like, you know, he's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. He's going to have over 4,000 yards passing. So he could end up with, you know, 20, you know, 20 plus touchdowns and six or seven. Like that's not like that based off sheer performance. I can't say that he should retire based off sheer performance. But this franchise is not going anywhere. Like, the team is not going to get any better with the cap situation, with some of the age they have on the team. He's not getting any better. Okay. Uh, We know that Todd Bowles is not a very good head coach. All right. So, I think, you know, I think I (laughs) – and I, I, I think Tom probably is going to be done this year. Like, I, I think that, and that again, you know, they've they've had a rough season this year. But that game is there's something about that game. You're getting, you know, you getting outplayed by Brock Purdy, Purdy, um, yeah, and by a lot. Like he wasn't even close. Like Brock Purdy, Purdy was clearly the best quarterback on the field in that game. Not even close in that game, particular game. Like sometimes you get these signs. As a as an Asian athlete, to where it, like it's like yo, yeah, it might be, might be, t- it might be that time. I have more on San Francisco. That was a tremendous performance by San Francisco, by the way. Like not to take anything away from what they did. Um, like like they that that this is a this is a team that again they're going to be a major problem in the playoffs because they are a mentally tough, physical. Big game, big time, big game team. They really are like they—they they are. They're playing just off the off the wall, off the charts football right now uh, at a very high, high level. The last two weeks, look at the last two weeks. Look at what they've done to Tampa Bay and Miami, two teams that were playing relatively well coming into the game, especially Miami, and they embarrassed and they took them apart and um, they took the out. Took Miami's part offense apart. Uh, this again, this is a scary team and. There was a time where, when Garoppolo went down, it was like, "There's no way they can make the Super Bowl." I'm not ready to say that. I don't think they will, but I, I'm not. If they're if they're in the Super Bowl, I can't say I will be shocked. I can't. I just can't. I mean, I've seen we've seen. Listen, we've seen. Look, Jeff Hosteller made the Super Bowl with the Giants back in the day, so it's not like we haven't seen Nick Foles with the Eagles. Okay. And then the MC is not strong this year. It's t- very much top. I mean, the, the MC top to bottom is not very strong. So 49ers are going to be there and get, I would not want to see them uh, at all in the, in the play in the postseason. Philadelphia, New York. Uh, this was a, just a woodshed special. Uh, Philadelphia is the best team in football right now. I don't think there's any question about it. Jalen hurts is the MVP, despite what Micah Parsons may say. Um, I think that Philadelphia is is the most complete team. They really have no visible weaknesses right now. They have no vis- They have no weaknesses per se. They run the ball at a high level. Hurts is throwing the ball very well. Their defense is top notch. They, you know, they, they. I mean, they. Uh, Sereni and the coaching staffs done a tremendous job. They all around. Just they, just, they're just they're they're just no visible holes on that team. Um and. They've survived. They survived their first crisis, uh, in season crisis, and they have the last two weeks they've been spectacular. Um, you know they when they lost to Washington and struggled against uh Indianapolis, it was like, huh, I don't know. Don't like the way they're playing right now, but the last two weeks they have been tremendous in these games, and they are like against any. They, uh, they 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 just you know. That have been overwhelming and uh, against Tennessee, against two good teams. Like Tennessee and the Giants are, are good, are solid football teams. Not great, but solid playoff Caliber football teams. You know, even though they're going in different, they are, those two teams are going in uh, the wrong direction in Tennessee and, and the Giants, but they're still two solid teams and they've embarrassed them. They've been, I mean, they're, they're, these games have been over at halftime the, the, over the last two weeks. And they're like that, they're back to playing the type of football that they were playing that helped them start out, uh, what nine and So they are back on that level right now, and they deserve to be, frankly, um, you know, if so, like, they deserve to be the Super Bowl favorite. I mean, I they deserve to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, not by a lot, but. You know, like, they, they are a complete team. They are. And if you look at the history of the Eagles, they don't waste these type of seasons. If they start out this playing this well, there no chances are they're normally going to the Super Bowl. They don't. Like, you don't see them have, like, you will see Indianapolis back in with Peyton Manning. You will see some teams like San, the Chargers when they were San Diego waste 13 or 14-win seasons on, on the, charge, the 06 Chargers. 14 and 2, Shana gets fired after that playoff loss against New England. You don't see that out, out of any out of Philadelphia. When they when they win twelve games, thirteen games, like I said, more times than not over the course of the history of that franchise, they're either gonna go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. One and the two. At worst, uh conference championship. Uh, that, that that's the baseline. So um big time win for them. They of course control their entire destiny division. Number one seed, uh, the whole ball of wax. Um, I don't, I think that Dallas game will be, is obviously is a big game. Um, probably won't decide a division. I thought Philly might lose one game before they meet Dallas. Now I'm starting to think that that's not going to be uh the case. So I think that they will have a cushion, even if they in. in they will have a cushion on that December twenty on that Christmas Eve game, even if they uh, were to fall to Dallas, they will have a, a enough cushion to where they can survive a loss to Dallas and still finish as the number one seed. So, looking at the playoff picture right now, NFL has to love this. You have eighteen of the 32, 32 teams that realistically can make the playoffs. Now, there are teams that have not been mathematically eliminated. I don't, if you're five and eight, I'm sorry, I can't take you serious. If you're five and eight, put it like I just can't. Like a five and eight team, uh, right now, I, I don't see any five and eight team that, that I would have confidence making the playoffs. Um, so you look at the, uh, we'll start with the, uh, AFC. Look at the AFC right now, uh, Buffalo. Buffalo's in control, but Buffalo's in control of their destiny based on the fact that they took out Kansas City earlier this season. So that game lose large. Um, we've been predicting this all season long. Baltimore, Cincinnati will decide the division. That game will decide that division. Both teams are nine and four. That game and that, that game will be at Cincinnati. That game is gonna decide that division. Um, Tennessee better be better be careful. They better be careful right now. You have New England, uh you have uh, the Chargers and Jets are on their are right on their heels. Uh they're not playing well at all right now. They better be careful. My um I, I think Miami will find a way to make the playoffs. So I think to be honest with you, uh out of New England, well New England's in the seventh spot right now. So out of New England, the Chargers and the Jets, um I believe that uh, hmm. Chargers looking at the schedule have Titans this week. That's, of course, that's a big game. Colts, Rams, Broncos. That's not a tough schedule. It's not. That's not. That's not. A t- like that's that's. I mean, the Rams, Broncos, Colts. The end of season. Uh, that that's they they have a definite advantage from a scheduling standpoint um when you, when you when you look at that um and they're starting to get healthy uh New England Jets have uh lions is a big game this week they have the Seahawks which will be another big playoff type game they have the, the lions Jaguars Jaguars are sneaky are sneaky dangerous they are like jaguars play hard that would not be an easy game Jaguar Seahawks dolphins so. That's a tough schedule. That's a very tough schedule down the stretch for the Jets. And New England has, let's see here, Dolphins this week. Dolphins, Packers, Patriots. I'm sorry. I I clicked on uh, the Jets schedule. New England has uh, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. I don't. The Bills probably will have to play for that play because of Kansas City. Kansas City is going to try to get the one season. the Bills probably will have to play that game hard. Uh, not, I mean, look, they, I, I, based on the schedule, I would have to say that Sandy, that Los Angeles, excuse me, Los Angeles has the advantage um, in terms of schedule from a schedule standpoint. But you never, of course, completely, completely trust, trust the Chargers. Trust the Chargers here, but um, I, I, I think. There's a chance, that, like, I, I really think that there's a possibility that Tennessee falls, completely falls out. Like, right now, out of, out of those playoff teams, right now Tennessee is going in the wrong direction. They are. And, I'm, and now I'm, I'm going to look at their schedule. Chargers this week, Texans, Cowboys, Jaguars, that just Jag, Jag, do not dismiss that Jaguar game. Like, don't. Like, and and we know the Jaguars give uh, the Jaguars have already. Did they? they I think they. Yeah, the Jaguars just beat the Titans. like, lad. Yeah, that that would be one of the that was one of my disappointments. Jaguars just beat the Titans this, uh, this past Sunday. So. um, yeah, they uh that that the AFC is going to go down to the last day. I mean, both conferences are going go, are going to go down to the last day. But the AFC, that last spot, you have basically for the last two spots, uh, six and seven seed, you have one, two, three, four teams that uh four teams for two spots. As far as the NFC goes, a um, little more clarity at the top. Like Philadelphia, Minnesota, San Francisco have clearly separated. Philadelphia, San Francisco and Dallas have clearly separated themselves. Tampa Bay is only in that fourth spot because, of course, they are a division leader. Um, Carolina hasn't played been playing better of lately of late, but, you know, I would still probably lead towards Tampa Bay. Um, the bottom half, now, it's interesting the bottom of the NFC because I thought that the giant Washington game would be an elimination game this week in down in uh, landover i don't think that's the case anymore to be perfectly honest with you and we'll talk more about the seattle loss that was a horrible loss to seattle seattle lost home loss to carolina you can't lose that game uh, right now seattle's a half game behind the giants and um, commanders commanders and giants uh, detroit remember detroit beat has beaten the giants and washington so Detroit has some, it, like it's basically a three-man rate. I'm not even counting Green Bay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Packer fans. I can't. I I can't take you serious at five and eight or Carolina at five and eight unless they win the division. So, I I would say in the NFC you have eight teams. Excuse me, nine teams for seven spots. And I think two things. One or two things. Two things. One of two things is going to happen. Two things. Two things probably. One of two things. Two things is going to happen here. You're going to have, I believe, all four NFC East teams make it, or I think the Lions are going to make it. I don't have any faith in Seattle right now. I just don't. I I think that loss. That that's the type of loss that I think that could just cripple your season. I think that loss to Carolina will end up crippling their season. But I have no faith in Seattle right now. I, I think the best we've seen the best out of Seattle, Um, yeah, I I just don't trust Seattle at all uh, right now. Again, that Washington-Dallas, the Washington-Giant game is a big-time matchup. Washington has a brutal schedule. I mean, you're talking about they still have uh, the Giants and San Francisco, and they still have Dallas, too. So the Washington schedule is brutal down the stretch because I think Dallas probably will need the game. Um, I think is Dallas the last game of the season? Yes. Now Dallas might they might not Dallas might not need that game they might be locked in to a to a to a either to, to a they might be locked into a, a to a uh, third a second spot or a third spot unless they really want to try hard for home field and that that well they will have home field I'm sorry they might be like if they they don't have a, if Dallas doesn't have a chance to get home field in that last game I think they will rest some guys uh, again Philadelphia is in the driver's seat. I, I think Philadelphia is going to end up with home field advantage. You'll have Minnesota, San Francisco, and Dallas. When you have Minnesota, you will have Minnesota and San Francisco battling, battling it out for the second spot. Um, again, this is not like you know in the old days you would fight for those first two spots for home field advantage. But that second spot is not as is nowhere near as coveted without home without having that 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 buy. So really. Uh, you'll see some teams, I, I think you'll possibly see some teams resting that last week. But the NFC, I mean, again, uh, the NFC, both you know, both conferences have nine. I think nine teams for seven spots. So the picture is basically clear at the top of in terms of who is going to be in the playoffs. Right now, if you ask me who, who are locks to make the playoffs right now, I would say is a lock. Kansas City is a lock. Um, I think Baltimore and Cincinnati are both locks. Uh, I don't think Miami's a lock right now. Like, I once thought they were. I, I don't think they're a lock anymore. I would lean towards them. I don't. I. I think. I don't think they, I If you, I. I can see a scenario where the where the Chargers and Jets catch them, catch them. Uh, NFC. Uh, I would say Philly's a lock. Minnesota's a lock. San Francisco's a lock. Dallas is a lock. So. Um, and, of course, the winner, I mean, somebody's got to win the AFC, the uh, NFC North. So that that team is a lock, of course, whether it be Tampa or whoever, Carolina, but the winner of the NFC uh, South. But they're, you know, Philly, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, and Dallas. So, listen, this is what the NFL wants. Um, uh, it should be some great football. Uh, down the stretch. I'm still looking forward to that, that Dallas-Philadelphia game. We'll talk more about this week, this weekend's games, a lot of big games this weekend as you have a, you have a triple header on uh, on Saturday. Um, so we'll talk more about that. But this is what they for once, 18 out of 32 teams have a legit chance to make the playoffs. Stock up Kyle Shanahan, second straight week that his, de- his defense has put on a display that, you know, just – completely taking a, another, a, a, a team out of offensively, completely taking them out, you know, hold Tampa Bay to seven points, hold. They had held Miami last week, their explosive offense to 17 points. And second straight week, they've lost uh, one of their key players and haven't missed a beat. Last week, it was uh, Jimmy Garofalo. And this week, it was Debo Samuel. Samuel. And, you know, that's coaching. I mean, that's all there is to it. They, you know, now both games were at home. That didn't hurt, but the bottom line is you lose your starting quarterback and your starting superstar receiver, and don't, you know, and, and, and you know, and the truck, you know, the train keeps on rolling. Uh, you got to give Shanahan a lot of credit. Uh, that team is mentally tough. They know who they are. They have a the system. They play to that system. They don't care about, you know, yards. They don't care about, Trying to score a bunch of points, they're not. It's not about that. They are about physical football. They physically and mentally wear you out. Like they, they they're trying to, they're trying to beat you into submission. They have a game that travels. And again, Christian McCaffrey has re- like he has rejuvenated the career of Christian McCaffrey, Caffrey, um on San Francisco. Now, again, we we always knew McCaffrey had talent. He just couldn't stay on the field. So. Him being able to stay on the field could be one of the game-changing trades that we look back on of 2022, if San Francisco is to go far. Because that the way he could be utilized and, and with Shanahan's play calling like that, there's really no matchup for him. And when they like, it's, it's just it, there. There isn't. They can't. You can't cover him with a linebacker. Um, he, like I said, he's a great one of the best pass receiving running backs in the league top three, top five pass even running back in the league easily. So uh, I give Kyle Shannon a lot of credit. They're, they've had a lot of injuries over the course of the season. Like They've had a number of guys that have been out. And I'm talking all pro caliber players, big time players, like pro Bowl power caliber, caliber players, not just you know, not just, uh, back backup tight end here and there. And they have not missed a beat for the most part. And they've gotten stronger as the season goes along. That's coaching. And that's why this team is capable, capable. Despite the injuries, despite the fact, despite no Jimmy Garoppolo, probably making a Super Bowl run. Do not be surprised if they're playing in a Super Bowl. Don't be. I'm serious. Do not be. And if I'm Philadelphia, the team that I would not want to see in the conference championship, not Dallas, not Minnesota, it would be San Francisco. I don't, I, I don't want to see that team in the conference championship. I don't like I, that's a team that I I don't want to see. No, that's no, excuse me. That's a team that I don't want to see in the division. Around. You come championship. You expect to see the best of the best. San Francisco is a team that if I'm, if I'm, uh, Philadelphia or if I'm Philadelphia, I don't want to see them in the, in the divisional playoffs. That, that, that cannot be my first game on the playoffs. Assuming that Philadelphia does get a bot. Stock down, Seattle. Um, was could to put Tennessee in this category as they got knocked around by uh, Jacksonville. Thought they would be a little bit more motivated coming off and uh, uh, coming off a beat down at the hands of Philadelphia at the week a week before last, but you know, it was what it was. Seattle, you, you can't lose a, a home game and you're trying to make the playoffs against the Carolina Panthers. You just can't. Like Sam Donald, Sam Darnold. Uh, like, can you name five Panthers? Like, I mean, Seattle, Like, seriously. That team is, you know, they have some decent pieces on defense. Uh, I, yeah, Seattle, like, they've tailed off over the last month. Uh, Geno Smith was cooled off enough. Uh, their defense, like, I don't know what happened to their defense. Um, they had a nice stretch in the middle of the season. It has regressed back to what it was at the beginning of the season when they couldn't stop anybody. Um, and, you know, they right now, like I said, are headed in the wrong direction. I, I, like I said, I think that Seattle is making it, is going to make it easier for both the Washington and the Giants in terms of making the playoffs. I don't, I don't think Seattle is making the playoffs. Like I gave you, I gave you just the two scenarios I think that, that, were, that are going to occur. Uh, either all four NFC East teams are going to make the playoffs or the Detroit Lions are going to sneak up and make the playoffs. So I have no faith in Seattle right now. Um, They have gotten worse over over, over the course of this season. And, again, you cannot lose a home game in December to the Carolina Panthers. Who won the week? Justin Herbert. Um, Just, again, a a special, special performance on Sunday night against a good team. When his team needed needed it the most, they had to have that win uh, to stay in the playoff race. Um, And he was just spectacular. Like, he was – he was. It was a virtual so uh, performance by a guy who has a chance to be uh, in the conversation for best quarterback in the league in the next two to three years, easy, easily. And you know, it's either look. I don't know where this this debate or this was not just one of these talking head manufacturer debates. I I never, I never thought about Tua versus Herbert. That never was. It, it never. That never. That debate of who was better never entered my mind i know they were drafted right next to each other but okay that and they will be intertwined from that standpoint but the bottom line like from a talent standpoint I, I like they just and you watched them you watched them play quarterback you know since they came to the league i i, I don't know what what are we talking about here like the the debate is herbert versus Bur- burrow that's the debate and you can go either way with those two. Like, I, I'd be fine. You'd be fine with – your franchise would be in great shape with either one of those quarterbacks. Right? I I, I think Herbert is slightly more talented than Burrow, but there's an intangible that Burrow has that Herbert has not shown as of yet. Possibly because, you know, the coaching is a little bit better in Cincinnati and franchise is a little bit more stable. Just a little bit more. Not that much. Cincinnati have, have been – uh, up until Herbert, up until last year, had been a dormant franchise before they made that surprise run to the Super Bowl. But the tour of Herbert, the tour of Herbert thing, I, that never was a thing. I don't, I don't know what that. I don't know why that conversation w- was even brought up uh, in terms of comparing them. Now we, they both in the same. Of course, they were drafted right next to each other in the draft. But okay, that like that. I. I never I, I, again I don't get the comparison the comp <laughs> the comparison between those two talents or there was or this debate like when I was you know when you hear on Sunday and month, Sunday night early Monday morning is the Tua Herbert debate finally over I'm like when was it ever when did it start shit <laughs> like when, like I mean again like when they were drafted you can ask that Classic sports question. Who will be a better quarterback? Justin Herbert or Tua Tiger Volova? We'll stay soon and see. Yeah, you'll hear that. But once you see them play, it's like, okay, clearly this guy is much, much better and the other guy is, is pretty good. And that's all you need to know. Like I this game didn't I this game didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. Put to you that way. With all due respect to, respect to Tua, who's been spectacular this year. Minus, you know, the last two performances for the most part. So Herbert wins the week. Um and uh yeah, Herbert wins the week, uh without question. Um biggest disappointment against Seattle, you can't lose a home. You just you can't lose that game. Like you can't you can't lose to a just a miserable Carolina team team that's going nowhere Uh, you're trying to make the playoffs you're trying to even challenge for a division so that was a a terrible job by them Um, no excuse whatsoever so they're the biggest disappointment Uh, week 15 San Francisco Seattle tomorrow night Uh, These Thursday night games can be tricky last week last time they played San Francisco handled them easily and I don't expect that. To, I don't expect it to be any different. They might be a little bit more competitive, maybe. But San Francisco had a, you know, had basically a walkthrough in the second half of the Tampa Bay of the Tampa Bay game. So I think they'll be relatively fresh for, even though, despite the fact that they are um, will have a short week. Uh, Miami Buffalo should be a big time game. Um, Buffalo looks to continue its revenge tour on the, on the division. Uh, if the game is in Buffalo. Um I think that I I, I think Buffalo's physicality will be a little bit too much uh for Miami. Uh, Miami's in a little rut right now and Buffalo is the wrong defense to try to break out that rut against. They've gotten Buffalo Buffalo's defense over the last two weeks have gotten back to where they were. Uh, for most of the season, that's a legit top two, top three defense. And they've gotten starting to get some guys back healthy, though they're still banged up with the safeties. But, and I know Von Miller, but they 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 I mean, had one of the deepest defensive lines in football. So I I, I like Buffalo in this game. I would say like 24-17, 24-20, 27-20. I think it'll be relatively, relatively close. These are still wide. These are still still a divisional game. Miami's coming off back-to-back losses, so they they will be chomping at the bit to get back on track. But they're in the wrong. They picked the wrong time to have a slide, and this is the wrong team to go against in Buffalo, uh, with snow coming on the with snow on the horizon. Jets Detroit should be an interesting game. If I have told you Jets Detroit Week Fifteen, you would have laughed at me You'd and like, why? What? What are we talking about here? But that's why we, you know, that's what the that's why the NFL is the NFL. Um, I li- I like the Jets in this game. I, I think the Jets will be able to take apart Detroit from physical from a physicality standpoint. Um, this will be. Uh, I want now. I want to see Detroit play with some pressure. They haven't played with pressure all season long. Now now. Detroit has some real game pressure, some real season pressure to where they're not going to sneak up on the Jets. They've already beaten the Giants, beaten Minnesota, beaten the, you know, beat the Packers earlier. I, I can just toss that Packer one aside, whatever, but they're not going to sneak, sneak up on, sneak up on the Jets, especially on a team that they who are trying to make the playoffs and fighting for their playoff lives. I, I like the Jets in this going, um, I would say like 28, uh, 28-20, 28-21, twenty eight, twenty one, twenty one. It'll be a relatively close game. Like I, I don't think the Jets, the I, the Jets, offensively can be challenged. So they don't, they, they don't blow it. They're not going to blow out a decent team. But I, I think I, I think that I, I don't see Detroit sneaking up, sneaking up on the Jets at all. Tennessee, the Chargers. Again, these are teams that are pro- probably more likely are going in opposite directions. Have no faith in Tennessee right now, from, especially from an offensive standpoint. They've got, they've gotten stagnant with their with their offense. Um, again, they they Tennessee cannot play from behind. They're just not built that way. Uh, the difference at quarterback will be stark in this game, and I think the Chargers will. Um, I'm not gonna. I I like the Chargers 30. I would say 31, 31, 24, 31, 23. That type of game. Washington, Washington, uh, New York, the Giants football the football Giants. Of course, we had the tie a couple weeks ago on December 4th a uh, game that should have been a tie. Like, none, neither one of these those teams deserve to win, so it should have ended in a tie. I uh, like the Commanders in this one. I don't like the way the Giants are playing right now. I uh, like Tennessee. They're heading in the wrong direction. Uh, I do think this will be a very, very close game. I do. I think the defenses will dominate this game. Oh, this will be one of those games where, you know, minus somebody having a ridiculous amount of turnovers, who wins the rushing battle? The team that has the most rushing yards and the most rushes will win this game. It's just that simple to me. So I think Washington will uh, do. Will run the ball just enough uh, to get by the Giants. Again, this will be a very, very close game um, as it has been, been flexed at Sunday night game. So looking forward to that one. Um, Any real thoughts before I let you go? We're talking about album of the year with Rob Sapp this past weekend. Um and going through some of the albums, you know, you, you see you know, you have Kendrick, you have Nas, uh with KD three, yeah of course uh Joey Badass, Court A early in the year. Uh about five or six albums that you're gonna pick from a lot of people. A lot, you know, there are people. A lot of people like Freddie Gibbs' album. I didn't like that one like it as much as his past albums, especially in the album of year category. Like, let's let's calm down on that one. The the Jit album it was just different. Like it was just like that album. No, the game had a great album. It was too many tracks on it. The Jit album is different. Man, it's different. Like I, that. I think it came out in July or late June, and I was on that the whole summer, and even in, and even well into the fall. Like that that album was just it is one of these albums that you you can't stop playing playing it. Like I still play it now in December. Okay. Certain tracks like, you know, you get the the uh Make You Change, uh well Ariana um well, not Ariana, Ari Lennox and like the most depth track. I mean they like it, it is it is a album that is just it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous album. I I, I think without question, now, more, more the more I'm thinking about that, there's no question to me. The album of the year. Like I I just think that that was the best hip hop album I heard all year long. So, um, that is my album of the year. Um, and you know we'll see. Well, of course, we'll see what what wins out uh, you know, with the Grammys and stuff. I don't even care about the Grammys, whatever. We'll see what, we'll see what, what wins out, uh, with the, you know, with the hip hop DX, some of these other places, uh, that, that give out those type of awards, we'll think, uh, we'll think about it. But to me, for my money, <laughs> the JIT album was the album of the year, uh, just consistently, the most consistent album throughout the weed. My whole thing is, how many times did I read it? Like, the, the, re, uh, the re-listened aspect of it the playback aspect of it like that, that is a, that's the biggest how, how well has it aged over the course of the year and this album has aged extremely well and it's something I mean again it'll be an album I'll be playing going into 2023 to be honest with you. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of The World Deal Podcast. This podcast will be up tomorrow. Uh, remember I have a special podcast coming later this week I will see you then. Come out.